have to be approved. <laughs> but we put them in the uh, in the package for the um, the committee's uh, information. And we're happy to take any questions. Okay, seeing if there's any public comments or questions, seeing that there are none, uh, board member comments, questions, observations? Okay, uh, seeing that there are none, let's move on to agenda item number four. Uh, Seth? Okay. Um, well, again, I'm Nathan Landau. I'm a senior planner in the uh, long range slash strategic planning unit of AC Transit. And I'll give a brief discussion of the Transit Supportive Design Guidelines. What's the first one? Next slide. So, um, as it says, we. Uh, approved multimodal design guidelines in 2018 and actually those were our second generation I worked on designing the transit in 2004. So we've been considering these issues for a long time. Um, and as the slide says, it really focused on design recommendations for good interfaces between bikes and bus stops. But just inadvertently there were some projects that that came out of that and looked at some diagrams that didn't really work real well and particularly created problems with paratransit. So we're doing new ones. Next slide. So this just shows you that the um, the new the new transit board of design guidelines are going to be broader than the multimodal design line, guidelines. We'll talk about. Uh, paratransit service, we'll talk about passenger comfort and safety, uh, they both talk about bike uh, bus separation, and the uh, new design guidelines are also going to talk about some other things like layover space, transit centers, and transit lines. Um, so next slide. Um, I'm not going to go through all of this. This is, um, you know, a list of some of the most important things that will be in the um, in the support transit supportive design guidelines. Um, the one thing I want to point out, because there's been some confusion about this on the third bullet, we say design's not compatible with transit, uh, pedestrian in bus stops. And I want to make very clear that that is not a general statement that we don't want pedestrian bulbs. Uh, we do want crossing distance shorter. Um, however, at a bus stop, if you get a pedestrian ball, sort of part of the bus is hanging out. So there we would be looking for uh, curb extensions. Um, and again, just to highlight, this document will include paratransit, which uh, wasn't really in the last one. Could a curb extension also be called like a bus head bulb? It could be called a bus bulb, yeah. I think it, a lot of people are confused by it. It's a place for pedestrians to be it actually yeah. more space. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah, we should probably start calling them bus bulbs. Well, what about ped bus bulbs? Or ped bus bulbs? Yeah. Yeah. Ped bulbs are the small ones, bus bulbs are the long ones. I think bus bulbs. Yeah. Curb extensions is kind of a technical. Yeah. It's just a, I agree it's confusing because people think it's anti-pedestrian, but it's yeah. more space. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is. And it's, it's a little bit of public space. For something other than cost. And a lot of our traffic calming measures are for cons, pedestrian involved, or pedestrian violence, or, you know, so 
Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good call, and I think it'll it'll clarify things. Always want to avoid jargon when we can. Um, okay, if there are further questions or comments on this slide, we'll go to the next one. Oh, I just want to make oh. it quickly say um, I'm writing notes, so I'm not texting you. <laughs> 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 that's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's a pretty robust outreach plan, and the board uh, asked us to do some things, and and we will be going to. Um, well, because we're here at the Alameda ILC, and we'll be going to the Alameda Transportation Commission. That's kind of rescheduled for September. Uh, there will be a technical working group or technical advisory committee that, that Alameda will be represented on. And the board on that last line asked us to reach out to bicycle groups, pedestrian groups, uh, senior and disabled groups, and we also want to, of course, reach out to any transit groups that are out there. So that will all be part of the outreach um, that's, that's done. Uh, next slide. So we've had a kickoff. We're still kind of working on how workshop formats and outreach will be done, but we're looking towards the late summer. Um, and bringing this back to the board um, we're de we're de with our consultants tool design, we're developing sort of a policy framework for this now, an overview of why we're doing it and what the issues are and sort of putting it in that multimodal context because we, we don't want to lose that. We want to support transit needs without losing the multimodal context. Uh, we're tentative, we're looking to the board, come back to the board maybe in December, and then in early 2023, um, hopefully have a, a draft that, that the public and the board can look at. And aiming to complete this by June 30th, 2024, uh, because that's when our current funding runs out. So. Um, it's a, it's a pretty tight timeline, but we think we think we can do it. And um, tools already hard at work. Um, so that's my presentation. And if anybody has any questions or comments, I'd be happy to entertain them. Are there any uh, are there any unique um, design issues that the guidelines that you all have with the um, well, that's an interesting question. I, I think the rapid bus stops represent major stops. And, and so, first off, I should say at this point, we only have one rapid with the San Pablo Rapid. We may have more in the, the future. Um, or um, we're looking also a hybrid rapid local concept. I think for major bus stops, um, we're going to want them to have better facilities, and, and we've separately worked on shelter guidelines and bus stop furniture guidelines. Uh, well, Alameda, there you're ahead on this one. Um, but so that'll be the, there are those documents, and then you know I think with rapid stops it becomes all the more and major stops on major lines like the 51A, it it becomes all the more important to you know, 
make sure that those stops work well, or are good for both the pedestrians approaching the bus and waiting and also good for, for bus operations. Okay. One question um, also, uh, you mentioned completion next summer, about a year from now. So this completion that will be adoption by the AC Transit Board, is, will there be a component of this plan that could be um, adopted by, you know, local jurisdictions or is it, what type of um, it's, it's certainly, well, it, it will be adopted, we're going to ask the AC Transit Board to adopt it, but it certainly could be, I, I think we would be very pleased if local jurisdictions would adopt it as a guideline, because uh, that would, would give an additional weight. So I think that's something good that maybe it won't be me personally, but um, somebody come, could, could come back and, and ask um, local jurisdictions to adopt Certainly, to at least consider. Um, if I can ask, Joseph, I guess, um, cities typically have not adopted a transit policy document um, as a whole. Um, they typically um, incorporated elements of the transit policy into their policies on transit or transportation in the past. So, firstly, I think it's a recent example um, where they put together a transit policy that has and then before we move on, I just wanted to acknowledge this will be Nathan's last meeting with us and to celebrate all that you contributed to the district. As I've known Nathan for more than 15 years and uh, served on Berkeley Transportation Commission and one of the most devoted public servants I know. And Wanted to um, take a moment to recognize all the contributions. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I have to say, Alameda has been one of my favorite places to work, and and one of our most transit supportive cities. So it's it's um, I'm glad to be coming here at this point. I really appreciate that. Okay. Um, we'll move on to the next item, which is our uh, commercial corridors. And that'll be Robert Vance and Michael, if you could bring up those slides, that would be helpful. All right, thank you. And, oh, um, well, I just wanted to start by saying um, thanks for having me here. And, and many of you have heard this information before because um, we presented this at our Transportation Commission meeting in May and um, and also to City Council on July 5th and recently also met with AC Transit staff, Crystal Wang and um, Will Buller. I reviewed some of these plans in, in more detail. So um, so for some of you, this is uh, information you've seen before and some of some of you, it might be new. So um, hey, real quick, I, I do have a hand raised from uh, Jake Harfinkel. OK, OK. Um, all right. Actually, actually, that's a good point. Uh, let's start off with uh, public comments or questions, if there are any. Okay, online, please. Yeah. Go ahead, Jay. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm a lifelong resident of Alameda. I want to point out that 
the throttling of traffic on Park and Webster Streets uh, was done at the start of the pandemic in response to the business community asking for help from the uh, council. Council responded by uh, allowing for the creation of parklets. A consequence of this was that the traffic on these two streets had to be throttled. <clears throat> the pandemic uh, is past this for all intents and purposes, and uh, the business community has rebounded. Um, there is no longer a justification for continuing the parklets or especially for throttling the uh, traffic on the two streets. Uh, these two streets are major uh, routes for evacuation uh, in the case of emergency, uh, you know, uh, earthquake and such. Um, there are also main routes for ambulances, fire trucks, police and such. The uh, project comes from the uh, business community and from city staff. It has not really been approved by the residents of the city staff and the council has been unwilling to survey the public to see their uh, preference. I would encourage you this morning not to simply say we can live with it. I would rather hear comments like we would prefer to be a four lane route. You can add uh, bike lanes to that. The only people who have supported this is city staff is uh, the bike people who are dying to have, uh, or not, shouldn't say dying, but want to have bike lanes every place. Uh, and these can occur on a four lane street also. Uh, council has not approved it. So I would prefer comments like we can live with it, or we would prefer it back to the four lane route. Uh, uh, or we are very enthusiastic about the changes that are being proposed. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Garfinkel. Um, see, yeah, are there any other uh, persons online? Um, Jay, was there an additional comment you wanted to uh, add? If I see your hand is up. Oh, um, I just hadn't lowered it. Um, oh, okay. Oh, All right. Uh, yeah, and you know, be aware that with the two-lane traffic that they have set up now, that if there's a delivery truck like uh, FedEx uh, or some other drop-off, that the traffic comes to a complete halt. The buses will not be able to go around them. They'll have to sit there until uh, the delivery is completed. Thank you. I'll put my hand down. Thank Great. you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so, okay, let's uh, begin with uh, staff uh, presentation. Thank you. Um, before we okay. start the presentation, and, and it may be in the presentation, thing, but if the presentation, I think, is just what we saw at council and what's been presented before. Uh, can someone just remind me of which bus routes go down Webster and, uh, and Park Street? The 63 is on Park, I think. 2021 are on uh, Park and then 63. And the O goes down Webster, but not. Oh, the O goes from the whole way down Webster, actually. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. And that goes out to Webster also. I think 21. Mm -hmm. 21 yeah. on Park Street in the direction of the airport. I didn't, oh. I didn't hear all the routes, but did, did we talk about the, the routes that also cross Park Street? 
because um, there are also uh, 51 routes. Route. Route. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Um, okay, well, uh, uh, Mr. Garfinkel gave, did give some background, um, but uh, I'll just uh, summarize here. So um, in 2020 and 2021, as part of the city's uh, COVID-19 response, Park and Webster were restriped from the cross uh, four-lane cross-section to one lane in each direction. Um, and that uh, created space to um, for parklets along the curb line. And then the uh, parking areas were, uh, were moved away from the curbs um, um, and adjacent to the, the two travel lanes. Um, in November 2021, the, the parklet program was um, extended for two more years to November 2023. Um, the city issued new agreements um, with the parklet owners and um, um, there was direction from council to, um, um, to create a standard for concrete barriers around parklets, uh, which are about two, two feet wide. Um, and so as of June 2023, uh, there were three parklets in the Webster Commercial Corridor and 19 in the Park uh, Street Commercial Corridor. Um, so the, the configuration, um, again, there, there, there are some issues. Um, at the beginning of the program, it was unknown how many parklets there were going to be. Um, so that space was created, um, but not all of the, that curb space was filled in with parklets. So on the left-hand side, uh, this image is just showing there's some unused space at the curbs. Um, uh, the part of the striping plan was to install bollards to um, keep cars from uh, parking in areas where they, they weren't allowed to park. So um, a lot of those have been damaged and needed to be replaced or, or just simply removed. And then on the, the right-hand side, um, it's part of the direction to install barricades. Um, these aren't the concrete ones, but they're very close in size. They're, they're plastic water-filled barriers. Creates a very tight uh, parking space between um, the park vehicles and, and the parklets themselves. And then also uh, some of the striping that was used, um, sometimes confusing, confusing, and that created some uh, parking compliance issues. So those are the challenges with the, with the, with the layout. So um, staff looked at this again um, with our consulting team and set some of the project goals. So we wanna implement the council direction to install concrete barriers um, around existing parklets, um, improving the, the general aesthetics of these commercial corridors, um, making it easier to identify parking locations, areas where parking isn't allowed and just to have better compliance and, and less double parking. Um, it also, um, one of the goals was to begin implementing uh, the active transportation plan that was passed um, at the end of last year, uh, which included near-term goals for, for bicycle facilities in the commercial corridors. Um, there's also longer-term plans um, to consider there. And, um, you know, we wanted to prepare uh, for a parklet program to continue past November of 2023, get ready to see um, how that program could be improved um, and, uh, and maintained. All right, so those were the goals. Um, staff uh, recommended to the Transportation Commission and uh, City Council um, um, approved the, this uh, new striping plan, um, basically maintaining a parklet program, making several modifications to the program that, um, that we received and, and we are implementing. Um, but in terms of the striping plan, it would maintain two travel lanes uh, for automobiles and buses, um, including uh, turn pockets 
um, at certain intersections. Moving that parking lane back to the, the curb line where it was before. Um, um, so basically the areas in front of businesses would either be parking or a parklet if they have one. Um, and then that unused space that's currently along the curb um, gets moved closer to the center of the street and that provides space to add striped bicycle lanes between the parking lane or the parklet areas and the travel lane. And then uh, the last recommendation was to, to maintain a closure on Alameda Avenue um, currently that's partially closed off for traffic. There's an emergency vehicle access through there. Um, bikes and it's a kind of a bike, bike and pedestrian plaza plus uh, tables and, and chairs for, for people eating there. Robert, um, yes. uh, Council Member Jensen has a question. Okay, yeah, um, I can't Robert, see anyone, so <laughs> thank you. Yes, I understand. Robert, um, we also, the City Council also um, made some recommendations regarding the concrete barriers, correct? Regarding the, or, or well, staff made recommendations that the Council agreed to. So in, in November um, of 2021, that's when the, the, the concrete barrier standard was adopted. So we have a standard detail, um, kind of a standard product. And then um, what needs to happen next is the, the implementation of those. Um, some of the delay had to do okay. with, you know, some of the uncertainty of what, what parklets were staying, how big they were gonna be and that sort of thing. So, um, so that, that the next right. step is to implement those as per the direction. And with um, the parklet program modifications, I just wanted you to, um, to to, to provide the information. I think that at least two of the parklets were going to be um, pushed in or they were they were in too far into the street. Is that correct? That is correct. With the, with the new striping, um, the size of, of, of some of the parklets has to be reduced to fit in that curb lane um, because the, otherwise they, right. they would be blocking the bike lane. And right, now, right now they don't block anything. Yeah, but they, they would with the with the bike lanes. Um, with regard to um, Mr. Garfinkel's comments, just to be clear, that City Council did approve um, these recommendations. So it has been this this continuation and uh, of the parklet program and um, the reduction to two lanes was approved by the City Council. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Please proceed, Mr. Vance. All right. Okay, I got some, uh, just a few images, and then we can um, we can uh, get to your questions and comments. So this is just a cross section of the street. Um, what, what has been proposed and approved is, um, as I said, along the curb, it would either be a parklet or parking. Uh, next to that would be um, a, a buffered bike lane, um, two travel lanes, um, plus turn lanes at, at, at intersections. Um, and so the top image is showing where there's a parklet and the bottom image is showing where there's just parking along the curb. All right, next slide. And this is um, a couple of plan views. This is a typical block on, on Webster just showing the two travel lanes um, parking along the curb. Again, uh, the new striped bicycle lanes. Um, and then just noting that we're, you know, in some cases needing to modify the footprint of the parklets to um, to fit them in to the existing space. And the next slide is uh, just another example on Park Street. This is um, between Ensenal and Alameda Avenue. So again, um, the, the 
the, and this one shows a, a bus stop area uh, with two travel lanes parking along the curb and again the striped bicycle lanes and, and parklet modifications where needed. All right, um, the next slide, just talking about what we're doing next. Um, uh, as Council Member Jensen mentioned, uh, we presented the recommendations and they were approved by City Council on the 5th of July. Um, we are reaching out to um, the business, business uh, businesses with parklets that need to, to modify them or, or some parklets that, that just need to be removed because they don't fit anymore. Um, staff is identifying areas for short-term parking and ADA um, designated parking spaces within the plan. Uh, we will be issuing a, a request for proposals to install the barricades as directed, and then uh, finalize, finalizing the, the striping plans, putting those out for construction and, and getting those implemented um, <clears throat> uh, in the fall of 2023. So it'd be the striping first and then installing the barricades. Um, along with that, you know, with some of the agreement, you know, we have to do new agreements with the parklet owners um, for any, you know, modifications to the rules, fees, uh, terms, the, those sorts of things. That's all spelled out um, in the agreements. And then along with that, there's a kind of companion document, companion document, which are the guidelines, which, um, you know, help um, someone who's um, either reconstructing or modifying the parklet, what the expectation from the city is, what guidelines guidelines they need to follow in terms of uh, size and materials and, and sight lines and those sorts of things. So, um, and then uh, beyond this year, um, staff will continue planning for uh, you know, the ultimate configuration for, for par the Park Street and Webster Street corridors um, according to the active transportation plan. And I think that's all I had for this. So thanks for listening. All right, well, thank you, uh, Mr. Vance and Please. Are there any um, plans for continued closure of Alameda Avenue to modifications on that, that area? Yes. Um, so we, we started having those discussions um, with um, for Alameda Avenue in particular with the uh, Downtown Alameda Business Association. They're, they, they're, they currently have an agreement with the city to maintain that area. So that, that was actually a lot of discussion at our city council meeting was, you know, how to make improvements to that area, make sure it's you know, aesthetically pleasing and 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 welcoming. Um, so with with the continuing of the closure, I think there's opportunities to make that area work even better. But it would be remain close to traffic. Okay. All right. Um, if there are no other comments or questions, um, thank you, Mr. Vance, for the presentation. Appreciate it. And let's. Um, now move on to the next item, uh, which is <clears throat> status briefing items. Uh, is he translated? Sure. Uh, um, so this is the regular update on- Oh, um, you know what, actually, yeah. uh, is there any public comments or questions on uh, the, this agenda item on the status briefing? Um, Seeing that there are none, let's, let's, let's. All right. Thank I you. Will. I'm actually just going to turn it over to Crystal to give the update on uh, writer's complaint. Complaints. This is a standard report that was provided to the IOC. Uh, sure. Thank you. Um, Crystal Wayne, transportation planner. Um
performance and productivity for the lines operating in Alameda. So as you can see in the attachment, put the All right, should be good to go. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, so um, as you can see in the attachment, uh, ridership has stayed pretty steady over the past few months, and the productivity for these mines is also mostly consistent with the productivity of um, similar routes system-wide, with the exception of maybe lines 19 and OX. Um, for example, line 19 has been averaging around 6.5 passengers per revenue hour, um, but uh, other urban crosstown routes like the 21 and 96 um, are averaging closer to 17 passengers per revenue hour, so you, know, you see some improvement there. Um, regarding on-time performance, uh, AC Transit's on-time performance standard is 72%, and on-time is defined as um, between one minute early and five minutes late. So some of these lines have definitely been struggling to operate on time. Um, I'll need to do some more digging about the specific times of day and directions that lines are running late, but overall, um, the hotspots for delay tend to correspond to hotspots for general traffic congestion like along Park and Wester um, and the intersection of Fernside and High Street is another hotspot. Um, or other delays can just be attributed to ongoing construction work like in the Alameda Point area, um, the Caltrans paving work on Encinal, and there was recently some sewer rehabilitation work on Santa Clara that was causing some delays. Um, in terms of customer complaints, the top complaints we received are for no-shows and pass-ups, which is also reflected in that service operator percentage. Um, and the biggest cause of missed trips just continues to be workforce shortage. But um, we have some service changes, service changes going into effect in August, uh, August 6th, and those include changes to improve service reliability and better match our um, service level to operator availability. Thank you, Crystal. And just a friendly reminder, Michael, if you go to the first page, the reason why line 78 is being terminated um, and next month is because of the low productivity, which is shown there. And, and so uh, I think that's, is that August 6th you said as well? Okay, super. Great. Yeah, sure. Comments, questions? 
I did just ask a question about uh, detours for construction, so um, or for other activities. Uh, you know, I took the bus down to the parade, and um, and then on my way home, I got really confused because I was trying to find where's the bus home, right? So, and it was uh, my app was telling me go to the bus stop, and then there were actually physical signs placed on the bus stops that said you know detour, but no real information. So, what I was curious is. Um, have we ever required, as part of the approval of traffic control plans, you know, required the the contractor or whoever's doing, you know, preparing those to to submit the wherever the detour is, wherever the service will be operating and stops will be, submit that to you know the Google, the whatever type of data they use to populate, you know, where the bus is going to be because. Usually those traffic control plans are for fixed periods of time, and it just would seem like a requirement that would really improve the customer experience. I, I can fix that by answering. Uh, um, for our own system, it's certainly possible, so because it has its own real-time information um, using clutter devices, and we can make adjustments um, with detour adjustments in clutter devices. I think the challenge is, um, can we export that GPSS to other systems um, in a quick enough fashion. And so I think if we know this information um, well in advance, it's certainly possible. Uh, but I know that Google, for instance, um, has a set schedule with all of the transit operators as to when they're able to update their GPFS um, and first transit movements quarterly. And so anything in between is kind of a free tool in the Which I think is, is, is sometimes common in both, sometimes not. I think they can also, Google can also put in uh, notifications. Um, that say that there is a detour, but and then it shows that um, um, there may be some accuracy in the field conversation. But for our own system, it's certainly possible. Well, that is Thank you. Yeah, and I did um, receive a, a complaint this past quarter, and staff investigated, and it was just related to um, kind of the reliability issues on the 96 um, and what. Um, the staff knowledge to show what a big part of it was the construction detour happening. So some of them allow for the bus to travel through the detour, the traffic control personnel, um, and some that's not possible. But, um, but yeah, I think if this is a, an area where it would be great to collaborate more on just solutions to help mitigate the impact of construction activity uh, because this particular rider, you know, they, they keep missing their their BART schedule, right? Because the bus is, you know, um, not reliable. So, yeah. And we have, I mean, we we, we have um, a whole team um, uh, that is dedicated to, to detour planning. Um, and, and any detours that come in can go through that team email to detour.org. Cities uh, like Alameda uh, have been really good about communicating uh, construction detours, but we also know that there's lots of construction going out there that the city may not be responsible for, and that um, these entities have their own franchise rights uh, to do so. PGE, um, East Bay Mud, um, I think communication. So it definitely has some, um, some um, permission requirements uh, through the city. Uh, for, for certain things, uh, but there's definitely work out there that I think Lady Transit is not aware of and may never be aware of, unfortunately. But we try our best, um, you know, all of the current costs for our local jurisdictions. We try to put in a note that says, 
Well, maybe internally, one of the things that we can do is work with staff, um, like a public work staff, and ask when they're interfacing with EVMUD or PG&E, to put a little tickler that says, oh, also, always ask about future work. So, okay, great. Okay, any other questions? Okay, and if there are none, uh, let's move over to uh, the next item, uh, which is uh, AC Transit Network Realignment Plan Update. So this will be dated Vernon, who I believe is online. Okay. And Diane Cassidy was also online. Yes, let me grab some slides. Hold on a second. Diane, are you, Diane, are you in the um, panelist side? Oh, I guess. Yes. Other Perfect. Let me share. Uh, can you all see my screen? Yep. Great. Uh, so we're, I, I'm here. Uh, I'm David Berman, uh, Senior Transportation Planner, and I'm here with uh, Diane Castleberry, my Deputy Project Manager. Uh, we're here on behalf of uh, our Realign project. And just have a few quick slides to give you an update. Uh, so just a recap of, of what Realign is. Uh, we're doing a plan that looks at our core product, at our core product, the transit network, and uh, we're looking at routes and schedules to see uh, where uh, and when we should be offering transit service throughout our whole service area. And we're trying to make sure that that service, that is where buses go and when, uh, aligns with customer needs and the equity goals enshrined in our strategic plan. And so where we are now, uh, we're in phase two, uh, in which we'll be showing the board and the public and uh, our, all of our communities, uh, the work that our team has been doing as part of phase one, which was uh, focusing on doing a deep dive into lots and lots of information. Um, and we'll we'll foster a conversation, a community conversation based on what we're seeing in the data and hearing from our communities. And we'll do uh, some outreach and engagement on some guiding principles based on all of that information and, and use that to, to bring our board some revisions for final adoption in September. And in future phases, uh, we'll be showing people service scenarios. So uh, network possibilities in November and December and incorporating feedback uh, from our communities and from the board and shooting for a final board decision on a final plan in mid-April 2024. Uh, and then in the summer, we'll be developing new service standards that carry the spirit of this plan forward into the future. Uh, and then also, meanwhile, uh, rolling out a robust public outreach campaign to let people know, people know in advance the changes will be coming for a go-live date uh, of August 2024. And so our efforts in the coming week will focus around showing all the work that's gone into uh, draft guiding principles between identifying and assessing transit markets with census data, uh, taking a deep dive into how people are traveling, the numbers, the time of day, the geography for all trips, uh, not just transit, uh, pre and post pan pandemic using uh, location-based services data from streetlight data. So the kind of data you get uh, from Candy Crush and apps of all, all colors. Um, we're also going to combine uh, information that, that does a deep dive into service performance, leveraging all of our in-house data sets, uh, ridership and information about travel times on the bus. Uh, and then we'll look at the results of our customer survey uh, and the public feedback we've received through an extraordinary amount of boots on the ground outreach uh, and engagement work uh, spearheaded by uh, Diane and, and others in, in her group and a lot of 
uh, uh, overtime contributions uh, from uh, in-house staff at AC Transit. Uh, we'll also be incorporating board feedback and uh, that we've received to date and into the future and be updating our board with regularity on this. So we're going to be putting uh, a synthesis of all of this information uh, into our board packet, which will be released tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be in, in the next week. We're also going to be holding our first technical advisory committee meeting on Monday, including city of Alameda staff uh, and uh, folks from all over uh, staff from jurisdictions all over our service area. Uh, and then we're also going to be giving a rather hopefully not too lengthy presentation uh, with our consultant team at our board workshop on Wednesday. And uh, I'll, I'll hand it off to Diane to talk a little bit more about uh, all of the, the engagement work we did as part of phase one, and then what we're looking ahead to as part of phase two. Yes, um, thank you, David. So yes, I'm Diane Castleberry. I'm the external affairs rep for AZ Transit, and I'm also serving, as David mentioned, the deputy project manager for Realign. Um, I want to thank the city for your support in helping us get the word out to help promote survey participation, which concluded on June 7th. Um, so as David mentioned, we have completed um, phase one of engagement to support the realigned planning process, which was an opportunity to learn the habits, needs, concerns, and priorities of writers and community members through survey participation and additional community feedback opportunities through participation in events and existing meetings. Um, the survey included a couple of trade-off questions, as you may recall, to help develop a set of guiding principles. Um, our outreach included multiple strategies consisting of intercepts at bus stops, onboard buses at more than 17 uh, bus stop locations through 125 shifts, um, totaling about 635 uh, kind of work hours from the many volunteers, um, from AC Transit staff, as well as um, our consulting team and, um, of course, our project team um, across our service area, along with showing up at existing community events that included cultural events, community-based organizational partner events, pop-ups at food distribution sites, farmers markets, and neighborhood events and gatherings, along with um, pop-ins into existing community meetings. We are currently in phase two of the realigned planning process. Um, we are presenting key findings from our research, introducing a draft set of guiding principles, and we invite you um, and to encourage others to, you know, provide us feedback on their, um, the guiding principles um, importance to your travel needs. Um, this stage will also allow us to revisit our progress, um, ensure that we've addressed all our relevant aspects of the project. Um, and so your input is really going to be um, important to help us shape our future plans. And all of this, we have a project website. Um, as you may know, it's at actransit.org forward slash realign. That's R-E-A-L-I-T-N. Um, I do know that um, last month, um, AC Transit Board Director Sarah Syed and um, staff presented the Realign Project to the Alameda Chamber and Economic Alliance. And then on Saturday, this Saturday on July 22nd, you'll find us at the Alameda Farmers Market on Haight Avenue in the morning. Um, and again, also on our project website, you'll see a listing on the connect with us section that shows where we'll, you can find us um, throughout our service area. Um, about two important meetings I want you to be aware of. Um, next week on July 26th at 5 p.m., um, the board, the AC Transit Board of Directors will hold their um, a workshop on Realign. Um, and there, they will be presenting key findings from phase one, all of the analysis work, including our survey results, and a review and discussion on the draft guiding principles developed. There will also be a community workshop that will be held on August 15th at 6 p.m. This will be held virtually because we have um, a large service area. Um, and then public engagement for this phase 
where we're introducing the draft guiding principles and kind of getting feedback on them um, will conclude August 18th. And then they'll go back to the board. Um, they're scheduled to go back to the board on September 13th. Um, we will um, use this opportunity in phase two to share with the community what we've learned from the technical and human data gathered that includes survey results along with comments received online and in person in phase one. Key findings, some of the major themes, the introduction of a set of guiding principles that will serve as the compass for the development of the new network plan, along with its importance to, in helping to shape our transit network. And we will also share how community input along with technical data inputs influence the creation, the creation of guiding principles, in essence, a roadmap to, um, to the guiding principles that will help develop our um, network plans and where and how they can engage with us um, and just simply stay connected as we move this process. And it's important to note that um, the first three phases and five phases of this project for, of engagement is really kind of um, something that we haven't really done fully. Um, it's new for us in this project and we're trying to get early engagement from the public and our writers to make sure that they can help us develop these plans and that it you know, makes sense for them as best as possible um, within the resources that we have available. Um, so I, I wanna conclude my report um, and I'm just, again, encourage you to join us or if you can't join us on the 26th, you know, please feel free um, to visit actransit.org forward slash realign um, to um, listen in to the recording of the board workshop on the 26th um, so you can kind of learn um, um, all the things that we learned in phase one. Thank you so much. Okay, you know, before we uh, begin with uh, board comments, uh, let's ask for if there's any public uh, comments or questions. Um, seeing that I believe there are none, uh, let's go ahead and, and move to uh, if there's any board comments, questions, observations. Uh, one question just around accessibility of all of this analysis. Um, you know, you mentioned people will be able to watch uh, the workshop video if they missed it. Um, what's the timeline just for, you know, getting all of that information available in an accessible form on our website? Um, can you share a little more about what we'll see and when? Yes, so some of the, uh, some of the information in terms of kind of where we are is on the website currently. Um, by tomorrow, the 21st, because we wanted to make sure that some things aren't posted um, in advance of the board workshop, um, uh, uh, that will be posted on Friday. Um, the guiding principles um, will be going up this afternoon. Um, we have been um, sharing that information in person, but on the website, it's not quite there yet um, because we're finalizing some of the details um, that are going to the board. And so that should be up by this afternoon. And then tomorrow you'll have all of the other um, information, data and so forth will be on the website. We are also sharing this information in, um, uh, for in-person in Spanish and um, simplified Chinese. Um, and I hope that answers your question, uh, Director Sayed. Thank you. So whenever the information is available, would you be able to um, look at it? Let's say you're a Line 96 rider and, um, or you're a 
city planner and you want to understand like where are people moving around in relation to where that bus operates, um, will that be something you'd be able to answer with this big data set that's coming? I'm going to let David answer that because he's working on that element. Yeah, so the goal here is is for us to make these, there's a lot of information coming coming folks way and the goal is to make sure that that people can understand what it looks like in context. And, and that's that's a key focus of our guiding principles is we've, we've got some some overarching themes that we want to we want to put forward as part of uh, this initiative, but really uh, values matter, but it's important for folks to understand how those values will be applied in, in practice. And so so whether it's uh, looking at materials on our website and being able to uh, have them plant you right where you are dynamically, that's that's one piece of uh, the, the materials package, but then also just in terms of the overall framework, making sure that people understand the kinds of choices that we'll have to make in detail. So I, I would say that that we're striving for that, Director Syed. Okay, I'm still a little confused, but we can talk about it more um, next week at the board workshop. Right. Okay. Uh, can you just expand a little bit on how much, um, whether Alameda staff or, and or the Transportation Commission was um, involved or contributed to the first phase, which is the development of plans and learning rider needs? Yeah, so I, we, we've we've appeared at Transportation Commission. One of the, the issues with the making the TC work is that it almost always historically has fallen on our board meeting dates, uh, but we've made an effort to, to be there. Uh, the first phase is mostly focused on, on collecting uh, information uh, uh, through the the survey and through in-person outreach, and then also through the the data analysis process. And as we move into talking about guiding principles and more specifics, uh, we really want to uh, make an effort to uh, talk more with different uh, formal elected bodies and and established uh, bodies in that way. I hope that helps clarify. Um, and I would add, this is Diane, um, is that, you know, we, um, I think one of my colleagues was actually um, at your uh, council meetings probably in April or May, where we were able to give some council updates about the realign project and ways that they can connect with the survey. Um, also, there, um, we had the district briefing um, in Alameda, I believe it was in late April, um, where we presented the realign process. And I, I do know that, um, the the council as well as um, some of the city staff participated in the survey and then also were encouraged to help kind of push out to their networks and and then of course we were uh, we've been out at different community meetings providing updates and we send we utilize our um, kind of e-news um, uh, distribution letters um, to send out to folks and people have um, offered to connect that information to their network as well um, through their kind of social media uh, channels and so forth. Thank you. Can I add one, one clarifying point? So phase one, where it says, when we say developing plans, that is developing plans, like internal, like our consultant planning. It's not developing plans as in like 
service plan. We're not at that phase yet, that's phase three. Um, and I just want to um, underscore the last point that Diane made. Both City of Alameda, PIO, and Alameda Unified Public Information Officer did a really good job of helping us spread the word about the survey. Um, and neither Diane or David mentioned our really big survey number. We got over 15,000 surveys back. Um, and I, I believe we got a very good representation from the City of Alameda residents. Um, so that's, that's our definitely true. And we got to over 15,000 um, valid surveys, complete, you know, fully complete. So we're very um, happy with with the high number of responses that we that we got, and no doubt that is due in part to a lot of the outreach that Diane talked about, but also partners sharing the information on our behalf, which a lot of a lot of you did. So thanks for that. And, and I might add. And you at the farmers market? And, and, and I, I created, I, I put together a foam core board. I blew up your, your your survey card and put it in a foam core board. And duly noted, uh, you know, the contributions of, of board members, Syed, people, council members, Jensen, and myself. So I uh, appreciate that. I think I have put it out for three farmers market meetings. Right. So, right Our consultant team will be out here on Saturday. Good. Thank you. Yes. So I just want to say thank you. I, it was just an awesome job getting the word out. I saw it everywhere. Um, and I just want to reiterate, I know I've said this before, David Berman used to be in Crystal Wayne's um, position as the Alameda AP Transit Liaison. And so it's in very good hands. Um, without really having to say much, David already knows because of all the quarter studies and, and planning efforts over the years that are thinking. and. Um, and, and so, and also their consultant is, is a consultant we have used and, and it's been working in Alameda. It's Kittleson, is that correct? Yes. And so they're, they're very much aware of, of what our issues are and our highest priority. So I, I appreciate this effort. Thank you. Uh, Thank just you. a quick note, we have a hand from a member of the public. Sure, okay. Uh, let, let's go ahead and uh, let the member of the public um, provide their input. Um, please. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Uh, um, yeah, this is Jay Garfinkel again. You know, the survey that was alluded to was like in, in 2020 or 2021 at the start of the pandemic. Not enough people were surveyed. There was no statistical significance to the findings. Well, the, what we're asking for now is a survey of the public now. Do they want to see it go back to four lanes or are they happy with what it is now? Uh, for whatever reason, the council and the staff is unwilling to take a current survey of public opinion. That's all I want to say. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, seeing that there is no other um, Appreciate it. Uh, uh, is there any action items that we need to do with this information? All right, let's uh, move to the next item, uh, three bus pass. Hi, I'm Catherine Caldas. It's a, I'm the paratransit coordinator for the city of Alameda. And just right off the top, just to give you the highlight, we did an audit of the program since we are one year in. And we have over 80 percent of active riders in our who have bus passes and in talking with my counterpart Annie Chow who issues the cards she said it is one of the highest 
programs that have cards and who are actually using the passes. So I think it's a huge testament to how successful this program is and what a difference it's making. We currently have over 600 participants, 627. 80% are active riders. 28% um, have a certified disability and 10% are between the ages of 18 and 65. Our documents, we have five languages that our documents have been trans translated into. Um, the biggest is traditional Chinese, simplified Chinese, and Vietnamese. Um, we also now have a volunteer interpreter who comes into MASTIC to help with um, Cantonese and Mandarin, so that's been a huge help for me. I'm no longer on my phone. Um, since the program began last, last June of 2022, we have over 79,000 rides have been taken, and last month alone, over 14,000 rides were taken. Um, our target is 17,000 per month is where we think our sweet spot's gonna be for our, our budget. And right now the average cost per ride is at $1.19. I also get numerous calls every week from people outside of Alameda who want to use, who want a bus pass from us. So I'm trying to work with um, AC Transit and PAPCO to have AC Transit come to present to PAPCO because multiple cities have expressed, how do I get this program? It is, it is probably one of the most sought after programs in, in Alameda County to the folks that I have, am working with. Um, Karen, do you, is this all centered through Measure B? Yeah, B, Measure B, B. Alameda CTC. And um, when you say you get calls from people outside of Alameda, do you get government calls from seniors or are people who want an Alameda bus pass so they can get around in Alameda but they don't happen to live in Alameda? Um, no, often it's just people who live outside of Alameda. And, and, and I've gone through, I've learned the hard way by going through the whole spiel and then finding out, oh, I live in Oakland, I live in Berkeley. I'm like, okay, so now my first question is, do you live in the city of Alameda? <laughs> um, so I don't always get into the depth of if they're seniors or not. But I always refer them back to their city's office. And do you collect data about where they're going, where the- Yes, every month I have. I have the line usage. Um, it'll be interesting to see, I'm just thinking of something like that, but it'll be interesting to see how the changes on, um, or if you can look back and see, has, was this in place, this has only been in place since the pandemic, so right? It started um, June 2022. Okay, so just to see how the changes on Park Street are, pe are more people going to Park Street, although the two lanes, the lanes aren't going to change, so I don't know what I guess that data wouldn't be that relevant since we're not going from four to two or, okay. yeah, forget it, sorry. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Have we been able to incorporate that line usage data into our realign planning? 
If not, can we? I've not been approached, but I certainly can. Yeah. That would be helpful. Sure. And these all, the I mean, line usage is also the reports I get from AC Transit. Okay. Just for understanding mm -hmm. Alameda and its population, especially as we're, you know, interesting. And then on the average cost per ride, is that an annualized cost looking at the 79K rides or as or is that like a monthly most recent? That is over the course of the entire program. Our monthly our monthly average for last month, I have that also, um, is a dollar fourteen, I believe, was last month. It's a pay as you go, so so right. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Uh, let's uh, go on to the next item, New Development Transportation Management Association update. First of all, is there any public comments on this? Okay, seeing that there are none, please. Yeah. Yes, this is Andrew Thomas's update, yet I'll, uh, he's on vacation, yet I'll just give a high-level overview. Residents in new developments are required to pay transportation fees are then passed through to the Alameda Transportation Management Association. And so that's been going along, um, especially in Alameda Point and Northern Waterfront for some years now. In September, it's my understanding that City Council will be asked to approve the pass-through agreements for those. And so that's um, that are, um, need to be extended. So keep on doing what we're doing basically with some minor tweaks is my understanding. And then what we also have is, as part of the same Measure BB paratransit monies that Kat was talking about, we also uh, work with the Alameda Transportation Management Association uh, to, uh, to pass through monies to them to get free bus passes for folks who are with the Alameda Point um, Collaborative. Thank you. And there's 167 units, and they get free bus passes. And we use the Easy Pass program because that's the most cost-efficient way to do it. And so we're also going through a um, memorandum of understanding, extending that uh, for the next four years. So we're working with the Alameda Transportation Management Association, and um, and also uh, the let's see and the Alameda Point Collaborative and the city to make that happen, to, to continue to make that happen, and that's been going on since 2017. And that concludes my report. Thank you. Okay. Hi, Lucy. If you want to introduce yourself. Yes. Hi, I'm Lucy Geely with the Alameda Transportation Management Association. That was a perfect uh, uh, intro of the TMA from Gail. Thank you. Um, and uh, uh, one other thing, our members live in the Northern Waterfront, in new housing on the Northern Waterfront, and uh, live and work at Alameda Point as a general idea of who we're serving. Um, and our main program is the Easy Pass, uh, free local and transit bus pass that we give out to um, our members. And um, we've been working to expand the bus pass program to get as many people, as many of our members as possible. And right now we have 174 
um, uh, members who have easy passes. It's about a third of our membership. Um, and we're still um, pushing hard to make sure that we can get as many as possible. Um, about 550 are over at Alameda Point and about 100 at the Northern Waterfront area, primarily at the new Alta Star Harbor and Alameda Marina, uh, Marina Shores, uh, the older developments of Marina Shores. Um, the most exciting upcoming program that we have is the implementation of the Bay Pass uh, with MTC. That is the bus pass that allows access to um, all Bay Area transit. Um, and we're very excited to be working on this uh, pass that we're going to be, um, we're expecting to launch in about August, uh, maybe September. It's still in, uh, the contracts are still being legally you know, reviewed, so we don't know how long that's going to take. But um, what that's going to do, um, especially for our Alameda Point members, they're very excited about being able to access uh, the ferry um, for free. And um, also for those um, Alameda Point riders who take the bus and they go to BART, that'll, that'll also be free for them. And it's a pilot program. Uh, um, uh, we're the second phase of the pilot program that started first last, last year in August with universities. And um, so we're super excited about that. And we know that that will increase uh, our easy pass usage to even our bus pass, uh, uh, our bus usage. Um, and um, at this point, I don't have any uh, data ridership for this year of our uh, past participants, but I hope to have it by the next meeting and we'll see how that goes. Um, happy to take any questions. I know a lot of people don't know too much about the TMA. Um, thank you. Okay. Any questions, comments? All right. Thank you, Lucy, for that. Appreciate it. Uh, let's now go on to uh, item number 10, bus, bus installation, bus stops. Yes, thank you. So the past year, we have Trey Hunula, uh, who's a climate fellow for the city, working on bench installations at bus stops. In City of Alameda, we have about 200 bus stops, and only a third have a bench or a bus shelter. And so we're working to improve that. We just bought 25 benches and we hope to locate most of those by next month before Trey goes off and um, finishes off his climate fellow program. And we've uh, been locating them using criteria that's based on boardings. So the higher boarding bus stops, we want those to get the benches first. And so it's all coming together. We have a contract to, to assemble and install on board as of like yesterday. And Trey's last day is like two or three weeks from now. So it's all um, miraculously coming together. So thank you. Thank you to Trey. Great. Well, thank you to staff for that. Much appreciated. OK, uh, city project update. So uh, the first one is actually Infinal Avenue, which is a Caltrans project. They did a lovely job restriping, uh, resurfacing and restriping the street during the least travel time in the city. It was so wondrous. And um, so thank you to them. And so that's all done when um, right in front of, say, Alameda High School when AC Transit was not operating the school route because it's the summer holiday. So it really worked out well from an AC Transit perspective. 
And I don't know if Robert's still on the call, if he wants to talk about Grand. I'll just give an update on Central Avenue. We're looking to um, go to construction later this year, and we'll be looking to improve the or take out the, the buried rail lines that are at um, Clement and Park intersections. So at some point we do probably have to close that intersection or something, so that will impact AC Transit. So we're working, We that's not for several months, but that's just a uh, heads up that, that that's something that we'll need to do. And Robert on Grand. Uh, thanks, Gail. Yeah, and uh, just really quickly on, on Grand Street, that was another project that just went to City Council um, on Tuesday, and so the um, we, the uh, the current project um, uh, scheduled for construction twenty twenty four is between on, on the AC Transit section of Grand Street between uh, Shoreline and uh, Otis Drive, and then there'll be uh, a second project scheduled for construction twenty twenty five. Where AC Transit doesn't operate service, and that's between um, Otis and Encinal, and so that that project will um, yeah, re reconfigure the street um, and add um, protected uh, bicycle lanes on Grand Street um, between again between Shoreline and Encinal, and then City Council approved staff to continue um, planning uh, for the entire corridor between um, uh, Shoreline all the way to Clement with that uh, same two-way protected. Um, bicycle facility on the east side of the street. Thank you, Robert. And then lastly, Clement Tilden, we do have the consultant just finished the 30% design drawings that I want to send over to Crystal for, for review. Even though it's Clement Tilden, um, one of the bus stops near there at, on Blanding at Broadway is is a, not, a, it's, it's not a very good bus stop, so we're going to be widening it to provide a bench and and make it ADA compliant and, and all and just make it nicer. And so, um, and and that's just one of, and just it's a bus route, that whole project uh, is, is for buses as well. And so it's, uh, we'll be sending that over to Crystal. So thank you. Um, thank you, Gail. And I just wanted to point out that yesterday, hopefully we talked about the email yesterday with the Clement Ave Tilden Way Park survey. That also includes um, an update and a link to the site for the Clement Avenue Children's Way project, which is very well done. So thank you, Gail and Robert and everyone at City Staff. That looks really good. Okay, um, moving over to item 12, uh, next meeting schedule. Hope everyone had a chance to look at that. Um, and I can announce that the next meeting would be uh, October 12th at 9 a.m., uh, presumably at the same Okay. Are there any next slide? Yes, please. Next meeting also conflicts with the TJPA, so we need to discuss that because um, our Diane Shaw and our board has rotated to be on the NTC Regional Network um, Committee, and so I've been appointed to take to be on the Transmission Powers Authority's board, which meets um, every month at on the second Thursday of the month. So we moved this meeting, and is this a good time? This Thursday of the month, or do we need to? Have the regular time. I'm available. Um, we can look at. Right, so the following uh, following week would be October 19th. Um, so we can either set that now um, in front of the committee, or we can have Tammy 
Thursday. Are you suggesting that we move it regularly to the third Thursday? Correct. For that means staff, at 9 a.m. It's exactly time. Is it good for staff? Seems like it works for staff. Oh, it seems like you can try to Okay. Thank you. Um, Chairman Peoples? We will. All right. Well, thank you. That was a good thing we caught that. Um, next item, agenda planning requests. Any agenda planning requests? Seeing that there are none, uh, finally, announcements and uh, final public comment. Okay, seeing that there are none, uh, we will now formally adjourn uh, this meeting. Thank you, everyone, and uh, Mr. Landau, thank you very much for your service, and uh, wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I felt that you said that you're um, doing the design update and design guidelines, and you're probably just <laughs> yeah, I I think it'll be okay because it you know hopefully people the temperature won't get too hot because it's a, it's a guideline I mean you know and uh, yeah it it does um, it is helpful for AP Transit to take to know best what your bus operators need and what works best. So we do appreciate you making that first. Yeah, good. yeah we, I, I think that's good. And, you know, there's a lot of work fun done on bike guidelines. And, you know,